Hello, it is Tuesday, March 2nd, 2021. Good show for you today. Can't thank you enough for allowing us in your ear holes. Ty, it's great to have you back. Hey, it's good to be back, Pat. Hey, Mitt did a hell of a job, though. He did. He did. I really appreciate Mitt filling in for me. Proud of Mitt. So am I. So am I. That's, I mean, it, you know what? That's a, that's a craft that takes some time to pick up, and he did it relatively quickly and did a good job. He did it relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. And a pretty good, he did good. He did. That's what Mitt does, by the way. He'll do anything. Still at a show every day. Can't thank you guys enough for choosing to listen. Today's show is pretty good, I think. Oh, yeah. I think today's show is pretty good. Some big news came out. Obviously, Cal Van Noy reacted to that. Good conversations. Rapapaw, Morakawa, and Austin Eckler. Yeah. Let's get to it. It is Tuesday, March 2nd, 2021. The first full day of J.J. Watt's time as an Arizona Cardinal. Whoa. Wow. Big sports news yesterday. J.J. Watt signed with the Arizona Cardinals for $31 million. $23 million guaranteed over the next two years. The owner of the Cardinals actually showed up at J.J. Watt's house. I believe he probably has a runway at his log cabin over there in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Uh, flying the plane, flew him over there. Nice celebration. The desert is buzzing. Congrats to J.J. getting $31 million. Congrats. I don't think any of us saw it going the way that it went, uh, but anytime you can sign a contract for $31 million, I am all the way here for it. I assume J.J. Watt, upon hearing about this, was as well. Now, this has to take us back to the time before J.J. Watt signed with the Arizona Cardinals where the rumors were in abundance. Where's he going? Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Cleveland, Tampa, Kansas City. Nobody thought he was going to go to Arizona, but as these things started getting leaked and stories started uh, coming out, and cryptic codes were being tweeted and Peloton accounts were being read. It felt like Diana Rossini, whenever she said that there was a team that offered 15 to 16 million a year, I don't think any of us gave enough credit to that being a legitimate report. I think the narrative of this entire free agency for J.J. Watt, who asked for his release allegedly from the Houston Texans with one year left on the contract in which they could have saved $17 million, I think, uh, by moving on. Much different situation than Deshaun Watson, but still he asked for his release. He was released. The thought was he would take a very small contract and go to a team that is ready to win right now. The classic ring-chasing situation. So when Diana Rossini tweeted out that a team has offered 15 to 16 million, I think we kind of laughed it off. It was like, no, that's not what this, that's not what this is. He said, I ain't, I ain't going to a rebuilder. And we thought there was no chance that a team that wasn't in rebuilding phase could pay him 15 to 16 million dollars. Little did we know, uh, unbeknownst to us, but most definitely beknownst to Jay Glazer, who knew all along, the Arizona Cardinals were in this from the beginning, and if you look at their roster, they are certainly not in a rebuild at all. The Arizona Cardinals have a team that, will this win them the Super Bowl? I don't think so, but they have a great team, and J.J. Watt helps it, and the 15 to 16 million thing was insane, and then John Gambadora. <laughs> okay, at Gambo987, he works in Arizona, I believe, blue check mark. he said the deal J.J. Watt signed with the Cardinals was not the most he was offered. The Cleveland Browns and Indianapolis Colts each offered more money. Tennessee's offer was very similar to what the Cardinals offered. Okay, so we didn't know about John Gambadoro's existence until yesterday. Shout out to John Gambadoro. Shout out to Gambo. Gambo. 
Gambo. That boy Gambo. But we'd assume Gambo, being from Arizona, the immediate thought is who gave him this information? Oh, it was the Cardinals. Well, everybody has told us that whenever you're bidding on something in the NFL, it is a blind deal that you're trying to offer. You have no clue what anybody else is offering. That's why uh, uh, two first-rounders and Matthew Stafford and everything like that kind of came out of nowhere because other teams don't know exactly what somebody else is offering. So as soon as I saw that the Indianapolis Colts potentially offered more than $15.5 million a year for J.J. Watt for the next two years, I had to ask a source of mine. Okay? Mm-hmm. My source told me, not true. So if that my source, pretty good source, by the way, tells me that that's not true, maybe my source is lying. Hey, my source could be playing the game. Just like J.J. Watt last week whenever he texted me and said that my people speak to nobody, he could have been playing the game. Mm-hmm. I could have been a part of the shuffle here. Turns out it wasn't. He was telling me the truth because nobody heard Arizona Cardinals at all. And maybe my source who has a great Southern accent, okay? (laughs) Maybe my source is lying and I am a part of the process. He said not true at all. Chris Ballard has been a man who has spent, I'm not saying that's my source, but Chris Ballard has been a man who has spent very wisely with this Indianapolis Colts team. Chris Ballard has been a guy that, aside from Phillip Rivers, is not just throwing money. They have a lot of cap space, which means he could make this payment, but that doesn't seem like a move Chris Ballard would have made. So when I read old Gambo's tweet, I thought, well, <laughs> if the Colts didn't do that, then the Browns probably didn't. And who knows if the Tennessee's offer was similar. Maybe it was. They were trying to recruit him pretty heavily. But this sounds like this is the Cardinals potentially saying, we had to do it. There was other people in there. We really wanted him. So we have to remember that with every piece of information. Where's the information coming from? Why is that information getting out? Gambo might have been a... Um, a viable tool to maybe spin the narrative that we didn't overpay here. We paid what we had to pay. But also, maybe I'm being lied to. Maybe the Browns and the Tennessee Titans did as well. It wasn't what any of us expected. But the Arizona Cardinals now have J.J. Watt on their motherfucking team. Let's assume that's going to make them better. I bet on them a lot last year. I enjoy watching Kyler Murray play. That team getting better is good for everybody. The J.J. Watt news isn't the only big news. Dak Prescott is allegedly asking for money right behind Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mm. Mahomes, after winning a Super Bowl and an MVP, signed a half-billion-dollar contract, breaking all records in the NFL. Now Dak Prescott's people are saying, hey, we want, coming off that injury, okay, that we just had, not our fault. (laughs) Not our fault. Never winning a Super Bowl, not our fault. Mm -mm. We would like right behind what Patrick Mahomes signed, which was what everybody thought was absolutely insane. We'd like that. That is probably not going to happen if I had to guess with the way this thing has gone with Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys. Will some other team pay this who has been maybe uh, in a terrible situation quarterback-wise for a long, long time? Maybe that seems like a big ask, but hopefully Dak will be able to get that money. Yeah, That seems like that's potentially not going to happen, but if it does, (laughs) we're pulling for him. Uh, Other news... Um, Alex Smith is potentially going to end up at the Bears. Okay. Like that. Uh, J.J. Watt, the family of uh, Michael Goldberg, who had his number retired as a member of the uh, Chicago Cardinals, number 99. His family has come out and said, we'd be okay with J.J. Watt wearing our our dad's number. Wow. You can unretire it. This would not be the first time 
By the way, this happens. Uh, Peyton Manning, it happened when he went to Denver, actually, because oh, okay. uh, uh, number 18 was retired. So this would not be the first time. This would not be out of the norm. This is something that does happen. And I'll, I'll be honest, when you get your number retired, you got to watch your fucking back. <laughs> you got to watch your back. All right? You just got to hope uh, that nothing happens there. Jimmy Graham is trying to recruit Russell Wilson. David Carr and Derek Carr drama. Nike vice president and GM's son is selling shoes on the low. Uh, Monday Night Football might get a wild card game. There's a lot of shit popping off. Uh, but to be honest, something I really would like to talk uh, about before Ian Rappaport joins us here in about 14, 15 minutes or whatever. Um, there's only one COVID cowboy, bro. Yeah. Okay. You're damn straight. COVID cowboy Tone Diggs joins us. COVID cowboy. Oh, hey. He had to go outside, outside the saloon. Okay. <laughs> yeah. COVID cowboy's name almost got he straight out from underneath him. Uh, by a man that I didn't even know existed. Uh, Diggs, you got into a little bit of a shootout yesterday on, on the internet. You won. Uh, COVID Cowboy will remain uh, Tone Diggs' name. But what popped off yesterday on the internet? Tone? Well, the uh, Chronicle Herald okay. in Nova Scotia. Okay. I believe it's Canada. That is another town, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Um, wrote in an article, had the front page uh, calling Lyle Lovett the COVID Cowboy. <laughs> now... Lyle. COVID cowboy Lyle Lovett adapts to new realities. See story page A8. Well, Lyle Lovett. Pretty good billing. That is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Good name, COVID mm-hmm. cowboy said, Lyle Lovett. I said cease and desist. Hey, C and D, pal. DCMA coming right behind it. Lyle Lovett being the original cowboy that he is. 1996 Best Country Album run a Grammy. Lyle Lovett? Lyle Lovett run a Grammy in 1996 for Best Country Album. So he knows the lay of the land. He knows the Old West rules yeah. um, in this situation for an OG cowboy like him. Yeah. Maybe potentially that there is enough room in this town for the both of us. Yeah. That's what you thought? That's what I'm thinking now. Like, he's he's an OG. He's, it looks like he's probably 70, 80 years old. I'm not sure. Yeah, I didn't know this guy existed, but shout out to him winning a Grammy. Yeah. <laughs> but it seems like Diggs, uh, it seems like he lives by the code that there isn't enough room in this town for the both of us. It seems like what his exact words were, Zito, if you could put that tweet back up, he said, respect Tone Dicks. Mm-hmm. I'll tell the Chronicle Herald, the newspaper, and and Bill Spur. Mm-hmm. Great name. The writer. I live by the code of the West. Swiper, no swiping. He said, listen, I'm, I would no longer be called the COVID cowboy. And you just kind of back off of that, I think, in the way you well, described that entire story. Because- <laughs> you just got a win over Lyle Lovett, Grammy Award winner. He said, listen, they're trying to build me as something that I'm not. They're trying to build me as something that you are. And here you are like, oh, you can be it too. He was just, You just won the battle. Yeah, went into a duel and put one right in between and his eyes. Fucking Grammy Award winning <laughs> yeah. cowboy. You beat Don. And one thing that I've learned since I've been the COVID cowboy in this culture, it's built on respect. <laughs> and and someone who was the 1996 country album of the year and an original cowboy, I tip my hat to him, sir. He is a trailblazer in this game. Okay. So I will not be disrespectful to Lyle Lovett. Okay. Well, you kind of were. You told him cease and desist, actually. You, that, you was kinda... to, that was to the paper. Uh, okay. So Lyle Lovett was actually on your side. <laughs> okay. Well, congrats to our COVID cowboy. Yeah. Congrats, Tom. But he didn't really win, it sounds like. He, nah. I don't even know if he's... I mean, he had, well, the battle was won, and then he just... Said, you know what? Take it. Yeah. Lessons were learned. <laughs> I don't even want it. We know that a true alpha 
knows yes. when it's time to concede. Speaking of that, Motor City Dan Campbell has another incredible quote. Thank you at Nick Moroto in the back there. They're talking about, you know, who's making the decisions? New GM, new head coach. Everybody saw the new head coach in uh, Motor City Dan Campbell, and everybody's wondering, like, hey, if that guy is stuck on something, how 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 is this relationship going to go between coach and GM? And uh, they asked, they said, uh, who who's making the uh, final decision? And... Uh, the dude said, uh, we are. You know what I mean? He said, we are, actually. And he said, we've already gotten into it a couple times, actually. And I always think to myself, you know, a true alpha knows when to uh, concede for the betterment of the group or something like that. And he said, by the way, then we'll ask the pack. We'll say, hey, uh, Coach Agnew, what are your thoughts? And if I'm the only one, he said, if I'm the only one, thing, I'll, hey, I'm definitely wrong. But we definitely have a, a collaborative attitude or whatever. And we'll ask him about that tomorrow. What? <laughs> what? Yeah, that was a little bit of a... Yeah, Mercy Dan Campbell's on this show. <laughs> yeah! Let's go! Huh? Oh, huh? What a get. How are we going to do it? How are we going to be able to contain our excitement to talk to the, the kneecap gnawing? Huh? What? The big old chawing. What? The mouth to mouth, let's get John. What? Motor City Dan Campbell tomorrow. Are you kidding me? Let's go. That's awesome. I can't wait to wear my shirt for him. Yeah, the Motor City Dan Campbell. We might get a cease and desist, but I assume he'll be a guy who they will take it down and then they'll say, you can have it just like the COVID cowboy Mm -hmm. at Bubba Gumpino's here looking very fresh. How are you, pal? Great college basketball slate tonight. WVU, Baylor, and Michigan, Illinois. Got a text from Gumpy uh, last night that said, hey, WVU is getting four at home right now. That line is going to move. Go ahead and bet them. I did. I put a very handsome amount of cash. That's going to be a great basketball game. WVU has been incredibly hot. Baylor's been this team that has been billed to win a national championship basically all season long. Nobody's talking about them because they're Baylor and it's hoops or whatever, but this Baylor team has been billed as the greatest college basketball team we have seen in some time. They've hit some slumps, haven't uh-huh. they, Gumpy? Since they came back from COVID, they are struggling. They got whooped by Kansas the other night. We saw what COVID did to Cam Newton and New England yep. Patriots. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Some people can't recover from Uncle COVID as better as others. Sometimes it does affect you athletically. A little mental fog from the COVID Cowboy mm-hmm. for a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. He came out the other side of it. <laughs> Maybe WVU gets a big upset tonight. Maybe WVU Wins the whole fucking thing this year, by the way. Wow. Nothing better than un- a home puppy. Oh, especially in Morgantown, West Virginia. Oh. That Baylor team has to fly into those mountains, okay, and drive and get car sick up to that Coliseum. Mm-hmm. That's going to be problems. And on the other side, by the way, is a guy who's about to win his 900th game, uh, Bob Huggins. Or Huggy something. Bear. Yeah, he's about to win his 900th game. Is that good? I don't know. Have you been there before? You have. <laughs> like Patrick Mahomes, he's won the Super Bowl. That's why he gets a half a billion dollars. Dak Prescott, have you won a Super Bowl? Maybe. Maybe you will. Maybe you will, but nobody knows till they know. It's a it's a pain in the ass in this particular world. Nobody knows until you do something. Uh, but that is a wild ass by Dak. But Bob Bob Huggins going to have the boys win national championship. Right. Nine hundred wins about to happen. Let's go. Big game. I appreciate you, Gumpy Ty Schmidt. Uh, how you doing, Bob? I'm doing pretty good. How you doing? Iowa basketball stinks. Uh, actually, my friend, the Hawks are flying once again. I believe they've won six, seven. They got two. Games they should win. I mean, they're sitting at a two seed right now in Joey Brackett's latest bracketology. I mean, I like the chances of the Hawks flying deep into the tournament. Realistically, they will probably get beaten the second uh, second round upset by someone <laughs> they shouldn't, you know, lose to. But yeah. 
That's that's the lay of the land. I'm you know, feeling good about the Hawks. Hey, WVU is about to get a two seed. I think. I, yeah. I mean, we're potentially going to get a two seed. It, it's going to be for me. March Madness um, is awesome. Obviously, you get to gamble on things you know nothing about. Mm-hmm. I mean, how? What I get? To, I get to gamble and watch something. It's like World Cup, Olympics. You know, when it's all day, when it consumes everything. Like I love it, especially when the sports world gets a chance to kind of showcase to the world, like, hey, hey, here's how you uh, just fucking disappear from everything for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And not get a lot of real things done, by the way. But I just, I've always been a March Madness fan. Uh-huh. But boy, it's a lot better whenever West Virginia is about to give it a go. There was a time there where you could almost bank on West Virginia making it to the least uh, Sweet 16. Oh, yeah. Then took a little bit of a hump. Now the team's back. Iowa, did you guys ever have a time where the basketball team was like on a run, like actually having success? Or is the second round knockout the most normal thing ever? No, there have been a couple times like over the course of my childhood where they maybe like, you know, eh, I don't know about making a Sweet 16. They, they went to the Final Four like way before I was born, but this is the best team they've had in years. I mean, this is the first time they've been in the top 10 in quite some time. I wonder if that's why not as many people love watching um, like college basketball all year because they don't really give a fuck about their teams. Mm. Probably. I mean, if Iowa stunk, I probably wouldn't care. I mean, it that's is what I'm nice. saying. Like if West Virginia had a bad basketball team, which they don't because Hugs is going to win. That's what Hugs does. But mm-hmm. if they had a bad basketball team, I would not care. And I would not. But since we have a good team, I'm like, hey, we got to have a little. People Very should, invested. Hey, people should know about this. Yeah. Like, that's why I'm like, hey, we should have that. But I think that's one of those things where there's only a few good teams each year, right? Normally, everybody kind of knows. Yeah, which is weird, too, this year, because like a lot of those teams like Duke and Kentucky kind of stink. So there is a little bit more uh, parity. Well, then Duke had that the best kid on their team quit, and they got better. Yeah. So Interesting. Hey, that's a locker room, by the way. Addition by subtraction. Bingo. COVID Cowboy from the top ropes. Well said. With a math line. Atta yeah. Boy. Hey, that's why a lot of love it did to, mm-hmm. to you. And then you just said, you know what? Nah. Actually, let's just switch hats. <laughs> Same to you, Law. Same to you. Uh, yesterday, you had a tweet that said, so much for coming back home. Mm-hmm. Congrats to JJ, though, for getting $31 million, which I cannot harp on enough. But the... The fantasies that were being had by fans of different teams of J.J. Watt coming in there and adding depth to a defensive line and helping the team maybe get over the hump to get to a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. The Green Bay Packers fans were, were really – that was a real thing. Now, there was no way $31 million was going to go to J.J. Watt over the next two years from the Green Bay Packers. That doesn't seem like a move they make other than the Smiths. They did pay them. But – that would have been something that would have been awesome. And I think that's the big takeaway from the Arizona Cardinals signing, which, by the way, good luck to the Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Go for J.J. Watt. But now all those those potential, always oh, a Steeler, always oh, a Packer, Ooh. like all those things that would have made sense just aren't there anymore. And as a Packer fan, are you bummed out about that at all? Not really. I mean, huh. when you – Fuck s- them, you said. Well, <laughs> I mean, I was, but the Packers would – you know, I, I believe it was like Harbo or Garbo who we were talking about earlier. He said the Packers also had, you know, like a very enticing offer. But yeah, there's but no, but this yeah, guy know exactly i mean i think that's a line of bullshit and once you see like obviously he wants to win but you know who knows how many good years he's got left you take that 23 million any single you know any day of the week and the packers were never going to be able to come close to i'm that. very pumped i cannot say it enough i am very pumped for jj Watt getting 31 yeah it's awesome we, we should go to the poll though so today's poll is a good poll because this will test out whether or not the people view 
the Arizona Cardinals is making the right decision here. The poll is, do the Arizona Cardinals now become a ring-chasing team this season? For instance, does this make the Arizona... I mean, we should have typed that out a little bit better, but the Arizona Cardinals, is this going to become a place where free agents are going to take pay cuts to go join that team because they think that's a team that's going to be able to make it? Everybody understands what I'm saying, but if you don't, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year didn't Mm -hmm. make the playoffs. Tom Brady goes down there. People are taking pay cuts to get into the building so that they can play with that team. That's a ring-chasing team. You look at the Kansas City Chiefs. People are going. Now, granted, they're paying everybody somehow, but people are going there. Sammy Watkins ends up there. There's other people that are up there. They're trying to chase a ring. They'll take a pay cut to go there. Do the Arizona Cardinals adding J.J. Watt alongside Chandler Jones, Isaiah Simmons, also uh, Buda Baker? I don't think Patrick Peterson's coming back. I saw somebody tweet a photo of, like, here's, I think it was Bleach Reporter ESPN. Mm-hmm. Here's the core of their defense, and they had uh, Patrick Peterson. I don't think Patrick Peterson's going to be on the team anymore. So get rid- But does that team become a ring-chasing team now all of a sudden? And the poll says 72% say no out of 56,000 um, out of 56,000 56, votes, 72% say no. Obviously, quick math there, great for me. 28% say <laughs> yes. So this would be the people saying that the Arizona Cardinals are not a Super Bowl contender with J.J. Watt being added. Now, that's just 56,000 people. Are those 56,000 people the highest football IQ people on earth? I mean, we don't know. Maybe. Maybe. We don't know. Possibly. Who. Maybe Bill Belichick's in there. Ernie's in there voting. We're mm-hmm. not 100% sure. But... The overwhelming report is the Cardinals are still not a Super Bowl team. Now, that's what they're saying. I have yet to watch the film. I will do so. But uh, look for me to do that closer to football season. <laughs> but out of this particular poll, and I assume that number is going to grow even more so, they don't think it's a place where people are like, oh, got to get there right now. And I know I, Phoenix is awesome. And I just looked up the odds on FanDuel. They have the 17th best odds to win the Super Bowl next season. How much did it move? How much did the odds move? I saw it from like 50 to 33. Let me check. Okay, so he did move. Moved it a bit. He moved Vegas a little bit, which is awesome, man. That's an intriguing team, though, man. Like a lot of qu- like Kyler in his third year. How much better is he going to get? How much is JJ going to help on defense? Like that's the big question. You know, it's like JJ is JJ going there alongside Chandler Jones, and they got a Freeney Mathis situation where the offense hopefully will be able to get a lead with Kyler and Cliff Kingsbury learning the NFL and learning success and how they're good with Nuke and Fitz and mm-hmm. maybe a couple wide receivers go there, by the way. Maybe wide receivers do go ring chase. Maybe this poll is wrong. Maybe like a TY or uh, what Godwin, I guess, is mm-hmm. potentially a Robinson's. Galladay, they said something about uh, Detroit said, we'll have an announcement about that later or something yeah. like mm-hmm. that. So he's probably, or was it Galladay or the other one? That was Galladay. Galladay. And then there's another wide receiver out of there, Robinson. Marvin Jones, yeah. Jones and Robinson. There's a lot of wide receivers out there. Now, I'm not saying you need any more with Fitz and Nuke or whatever, but I would wonder if they add more to that offense. Joining us now, who could probably share some more light on this, uh, insider from the NFL Network, host of Rap Sheet and Friends, ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rappaport. Yeah! What's up, guys? Hey, hey, I read a tweet from fellow insider Jay Glazer, uh, <laughs> and it said, to be exact, uh, the Cardinals were in on J.J. Watt the entire time. Everyone knows that. Okay, so he tweeted out that <laughs> the Cardinals were in the hunt the entire time. After paying him $31 million, we'd assume that was the case. Uh, but how, did anybody even get a hint that the Cardinals were going to be the favorites for this. It feels like this was maybe the best-kept secret in some recent time with NFL business. Is that accurate? 
I would say that's accurate. And, you know, it was very important for J.J. Watt to be the one to break this and to have it really private. Now, I will say his exit from Houston did not quite go as Watt had planned, obviously. He wanted to release the video himself. Uh, it didn't work out that way for a variety of reasons. Um, and I think for him – Is that your fault? One- oh, hold on, hold on. Was that your fault? <laughs> well, I mean – I'm not going to assign blame. Oh, let's see it again. Oh, my God. Raps on you. Oh, J.J. Watt wasn't happy. Oh. It's not about who caused it or who didn't. Oh, okay. It's about looking forward. Mm-hmm. And I think for him, you know, there was a lot of stuff out there. And all the teams that were interested were kind of talking, it seemed, to reporters to really try to figure out what was out there. Watt's agents did a really good job of making sure that no one actually knew so there was a lot of gossip, um, and like, you know, I was kind of paying attention. But I, if you notice, like, I didn't even report almost anything throughout the process until he posted the picture. Then I reported the numbers because I couldn't tell what was real and what wasn't. I didn't know the Cardinals were that that involved. I knew they were a team to watch because of Vance Joseph, but I'm not going to pretend I knew he was signing with them because that's how private it was. Uh, it actually. You know, it heated up over the weekend, and then Monday it went real, real fast. But everyone involved knew how important it was for J.J. to be the one to put it out. Well, I like that, by the way. Let him control his own narrative. Kind of sinks for you, but you got him earlier, didn't you? I mean, yeah. You, yeah, you ruined his entire exit from Houston. We'll, we'll all be okay. <laughs> I mean, the guy, you know, raised $40 million for yeah. the city, you know. I, I mean, read about that. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't just take it as yours. I'm surprised you didn't just take it as yours. Uh, are you hearing now that Arizona Cardinals are potentially becoming a place where free agents will take less money to kind of go and see what they're building? They, is, is Arizona now becoming an interesting, uh, like, maybe thought process for some free agents that you would have never thought before J.J. signing over there? Uh, J.J. didn't take less money. But I would say, as far as Arizona goes, if they could just get to where it feels like they're going which is a team that should compete for the playoffs every year it really should be that right like because you know like players in the offseason they want to be only in a couple places miami arizona Mm -hmm. texas right i mean that's basically where it seems players want to be some in california i guess too arizona for as many players that have offseason homes there would be a great free agent spot and they're now going to get to the point probably after this year where it's going to be tough to pay big money, right? Because Kyler's going to get a big contract. That makes it hard to, for instance, pay guys $15 million a year. So they're going to have to rely on being a place where veterans would want to go for not a ton of money. Um, they're kind of a cool team. Kingsbury's kind of a cool guy. Um, you know, I, I think it, I think it could be that kind of place they just need to win a little bit, and they have set themselves up for a little bit of a make-or-break year in Arizona. That's what it seems like. What are you hearing with franchise tags and conversations right now? Without the salary cap being set, uh, we have a guy, Michael Lombardi, former general manager. He said that, you know, and I assume others have echoed this sentiment beforehand or whatever, but with the salary cap not set, you don't see anybody really – I don't even know if people are preparing for what moves until they hear that, yeah. or how are they kind of working around this thought of process of them not having a clue how much money they're allowed to spend going forward? Everyone is very frustrated. I think that is safe to say. I've never really seen anything like it except last year, but that was for coronavirus reasons. I mean, this is 
this is weird. I mean, teams, I think, would like to make some cuts or at least know, like, if the salary cap's 181, let's say, okay, well, that's what teams are preparing for, so you probably have to cut an extra veteran or two. It sucks, but that's what it is. If it's 187, then not only might you be able to keep an extra guy, but you might be able to spend a little bit more. That's a dramatic difference. I mean, it doesn't seem like a lot, but it really is a dramatic difference. A lot of teams I've talked to are frustrated just not being able to conduct business because they don't know what the cap is. So what you're going to see is next like Monday and Tuesday are going to be incredibly busy because you're going to have cuts and franchise tags <laughs> and probably a couple of franchise deals as well. Okay, that's awesome. Uh, have you been hearing any potential free agent? Now, we know the Combine, Indianapolis, uh, Prime, 47 down there. There's a lot of, you know, stop and talk spots where deals get done. With yeah. that not happening this year here in Indianapolis, uh, what? how are you getting your information? How are deals illegally getting done? Are what? people just texting each <laughs> other, or does the NFL track that? How How is this um, illegal activity taking place now, Ian? Now, not that you would be involved in that type of thing, maybe linking people, uh, but if you had to guess, how are these conversations taking place, and are they as active because of the salary cap as they maybe would be in the past? Are you saying that in the past deals yeah. have gotten done at the combine? Yeah, I actually saw – I took a uh, – I chugged a uh, – I think it was a pounder, maybe a 16-ounce, mm-hmm. and it was right next to uh, – insert name of NFL team here and player's agent right here. I happen to be <laughs> friend with player's agent. We celebrated, actually, with a deal <laughs> with me <laughs> slamming a beer. So what I'm saying is I would never out those people. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I feel like that's right. kind of norm in Indianapolis, right? I mean, that's kind of yeah, the norm. Yeah, it is – it is definitely different. I mean, I've had a couple agents call me and like, you know, just kind of be like, hey, man, you know, don't burn me on this. But I'm just curious, like, what are other agents doing as far as like their don't tampering slash anti-tampering <laughs> calls? Because if you do FaceTime or if you do Zoom, there's a record of it, right? Yeah. Um, so theoretically, if the NFL wanted to find out, they could find out like, who was doing these deals and how it got done. Not saying any illegal activity happens because I certainly don't know of any, but you don't want a record if that does happen. So it doesn't seem like there's as much information out now as there ever has been. Um, And I think most people are frustrated at the lack of activity thus far, probably because of that. Diggs, I'm sorry. Mr. COVID Cowboy. Lyle Lovett. You know who Lyle Lovett is. It feels like you know what a Lyle Lovett is. Uh, wasn't he married to Julia Roberts? Yes. Yeah. yes he was. <laughs> okay, I guess so. I just yes, learned that about Lyle Lovett. He's 1996 Grammy Award winner, by the way. Good for yeah. you. Know your pop culture. Wow. Uh, he, they called That's him great. the COVID Cowboy in a newspaper article. Dig, the man you're about to talk to, Diggs, the actual COVID Cowboy, sent them a cease and desist. Lyle Lovett said, I am not the COVID Cowboy. Mm-hmm. So the COVID Cowboy has a question for you. Ian, how are you? Cowboy? Uh, So I know it's the agent's job and it's the quarterback's job to get as much money as they possibly can and get more money than what a deal has been done in the past. But is there really a situation where Dak looks in the mirror and he's like, oh, I'm the second best quarterback in the league. I should be paid like that. Jesus, Cowboy. (laughs) Uh, I would say it doesn't quite work like that. Uh, Now, the quarterback market is – interesting because you have the Mahomes deal which is so long so long, it averages long. you know 45 a year but it's not really that it's really 40 million over the first five years 50 million over the next five 
Deshaun is at 39. I mean, to me, if Dak Prescott's looking at this, I mean, he should be saying, I should be about there. I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying if I were him, that's what I would be doing. The agent's job is to do the best for his client, right? To make the most money, but also set his client up to be successful. So if you're Dak Prescott's agent, Todd Franz, this is actually a fascinating one because you could do a great deal now. You know, he's going to be rich anyway, so it's we're not even talking about that. But you could do a great deal oh, now. Congrats, Dad. Set him up for the next four years or five years, whatever it ends up being. But then the other part of it is, let's just say Dak wants to incur the risk of a franchise tag. Let's say he does it again, plays for $37 million, doesn't set himself up for the future, but just plays this year. He will be a free agent next year and probably the highest paid free agent in NFL history by a lot. That is an interesting scenario waiting for Dak on the other side. You don't think there's a chance he becomes free agent this year, though? You think franchise tag will no. be – No, you think there's no chance he gets free agency? No chance he gets hits free agency. Really? So he's getting franchise tagged. Why would tag. you? Yeah, he'll get franchise tagged again or he'll do a deal. Or he'll do a deal in July, which would also make some sense. Well, they said that they're nowhere near or whatever. They've been negotiating for three years now at this point, and they're not near. What does that even mean? I mean, I don't pay attention to that kind of stuff because no one is ever near a deal until a deal gets done. So I've had this happen too many times, you know, like with other deals. And then, I mean, too many times I've gone up the phone with the agent. I've reported, you know, source, team and agent not close on a deal. And then like two hours later, the deal gets done. I'm like, what happened? They're like, well, yeah, somebody moved. Somebody came around. Okay. Right. What about so, so like um, Lamar and the Ravens? Until they do a deal. So for instance, Lamar and the Ravens allegedly not close. You assume that a deal is going to get done there, or how is that going to play out? You think because that start that just creeped into the waters yesterday. That mm-hmm. was the first time we heard about Lamar and Ravens doing business was yesterday, and they said they're not close or whatever, which immediately leads to the overreaction of oh they're not going to get the deal done. But you think inevitably that deal gets done, or no? You think that's going to be a little bit of a tough negotiation? I've actually heard they haven't started yet. Uh, I haven't seen the report <laughs> that they're not close, but I don't day. believe they've actually started yet. Um, interesting yeah. one, though, for, everything's bullshit, for Lamar huh? Jackson. What's Ian, that? everything's bullshit, huh? There seems to be a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, it's just... And I, I'm, I apologize to whoever report I just accidentally trashed, but it's just... <laughs> Not my. It's not my knowledge that they've started anything. Maybe I'm wrong. It's happened, but once or twice, not a lot. <laughs> um, you, did you this, know about the Arizona Cardinals? Did you know about the Arizona Cardinals and JJ Watt that whole time, huh? I no. Oh man, if you would have said yes right there, that would have been awesome. Mm-hmm. That would have been a cool rap yeah, sheet moment. Ty, what do you got? Ian, it's been reported that the 49ers reached out about Teddy Bridgewater and pretty much everyone else who's available. So they clearly think Jimmy G stinks. Uh, who are they going to go after, and where do you think Jimmy G will end up? So I I do believe that that report is right, that they did reach out about Teddy Bridgewater. Actually, a couple teams have reached out about Teddy Bridgewater. I don't get the sense it's Teddy Bridgewater to – replace Jimmy Garoppolo. I get a sense it's the 49ers. Like, if they're going to go with Garoppolo, which they have been on record as saying he is going to be our quarterback, we are so, – you know, everything you could say without throwing him a parade, the 49ers have said, right? They clearly expect Garoppolo to be their guy. I think what they're going to do is sign the best backup they humanly, that is humanly possible. So whether that's Bridgewater or 
anyone else. I mean, there could be a couple other, you know, Marcus Mariota if he's available, Mitch Trubisky if he's available, Alex Smith would be actually a really cool story. We'll see. The best backup they possibly can. So if Garoppolo doesn't go, they can remain competitive. That is what I think their goal is this offseason. Good, go. Yeah, rap sheet. Who's going to be quarterback for the Bears, and how many games into the season will Matt Nagy lose his job? That's Whoa. a good question. Coming in hot on the Bears take. Um, <laughs> the guy stinks. <laughs> the guy, I mean, they stink. <laughs> Rap sheet, they stink. I mean, they stink. They stink. They're a bad team. They were good. Mm -hmm. Then they just all completely melted somehow, Mm -hmm. and then it got worse somehow. And they still got to pay Nick Foles, don't they? I feel like they did. Oh yeah. You you said what? Didn't they make the playoffs? I feel like I I feel like they did. Yeah, they lost Um, on Nickelodeon. Slime game. Oh yeah, that was awesome. (laughs) Mitch was the MVP. That was one of the coolest. The MVP. One of the coolest things. I watched Nickelodeon game as well. CBS only reported that two million people watched. That feels like a lie. That feels like that was a bit of a lie. I feel like more people watched that than two. I mean, anecdotally, almost everyone I talked to watched the Nickelodeon. Anyone who has kids watched the Nickelodeon game. Oh, this is the classic. The rating system is yeah. uh, Nielsen system. Sorry about that. Anyways, Bears. Sorry, we got off track. Um, so their options include. Alex Smith, when he gets cut, possible. Um, I would say Marcus Mariota, if he gets cut, possible. Huh. Sam Darnold would be another interesting one. Someone is going to, if the Jets trade Sam Darnold, someone is going to trade for him, and you know the Bears would make a lot of sense. Um, and I think it would set up a, a really huge kind of make-or-break type year for both those parties. So you think Jets are trading out of two, or they're – what do you if they keep Sam, they trade out of there because it's valuable, or what do you think they end up doing? If, taking a playmaker? If, if they keep Sam, someone is going to offer so much for that pick. I mean, that is such a valuable pick. They might get they might get to trade out of two what teams usually get to trade out of one. Just because you have so many teams right around there who want a quarterback, like that is going to be an unbelievably active trade market if they do keep Sam Darnold. We have to let you out. You have a hard out. You got something on NFL Network, obviously. You can follow along at Rap Sheet, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is there any NFL? Is that right? It's a, it's, a great, it's a great Twitter handle. Follow there. Okay. <laughs> All right. You're right. <laughs> Most guys have tried a lot of different ways to, you know, try to last a little bit longer when making love. Mm -hmm. Think about your baseball team. That's a boring sport. That'll turn me off, right? Yeah, absolutely. Maybe you start listing off cities and states. Maybe you start doing the alphabet backwards. Whatever you end up doing, you need to not do it anymore. Knock it off. Not if it's going to work. Uh-uh. Okay? Before the time you get to the, the shortstop, it's already happened. All right. That's right. What you need is a real tag team partner whenever you're going in there. And our friends at Roman created just that with Roman Swipes. Roman Swipes are a swipe that comes in a discreet, unmarked package uh, that shows up at your door. Then it's in a tiny little packet that you put in your pocket, small enough to fit in your wallet. Then right before it's time to make some love, right before it is time to go ahead and try to procreate, Mm -hmm. maybe. Whenever it's time to go and put on a show, uh, you go ahead and... Go ahead and rub the swipe on. Uh, it'll it'll dry. It'll not transfer to your partner at all. Ooh. And then you just have time of your life. Yeah. GetRoman.com forward slash Pat McAfee. Jesus. 
That's GetRoman.com forward slash Pat McAfee. No mm-hmm. spaces. Uh, and you can get your first month of swipes for just $5 when you choose a monthly plan. All right. Shout out to Roman. Shout out to you. Shout out to GetRoman.com forward slash Pat McAfee. Speaking of getting to it, we got an interview with a guy who just won a uh, his fourth PGA Tour win. He's only 24 years old, has one major. He just won the Workday Championship, which is a world golf championship. Uh, and coming up is the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us, Colin Morikawa. Yeah! How you Thank doing? Thank you, guys. How you doing, man? Good. Good to see you. Hey, have you? <laughs> great to see you as well. Uh, thank you for coming on the show. I know you're a very busy human, especially after a big win like that. Uh, 24 years old. Have you realized that you are going to be disgustingly rich? <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have, you, have you thought you are so good at golf? Okay, 24 years old. Everybody's wondering, all right, because there was obviously Tiger and Phil did their thing for a long run. Then DJ, Rory, Ricky, those boys came through. Bubba, everybody came through. And now it's 24 years old you've already got four wins you are incredibly poised relaxed and in those big moments you make plays you don't have a twitter account wild to us over here but how do you i do i do oh nick nick wow oh no He's going to be so rich. Of course he, is. he does. He does have a Twitter account, but the information that was passed to us had his name misspelled. Oh, so the search so, did not come up properly. So, okay. So, Common mistake. All right. Common it, mis- let's get it out there. We've got two L's in my name. Let's start there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, but have you thought about that? Or, like, do you just try to stay in the moment? And how difficult is it? Especially with golf, which is a sport that is very individualized. You see, you get a lot of airtime. How do you kind of stay in the moment? there you know yes you know it's so much fun to, to look and, and see all the money coming in but I, I just love playing golf and that's what we do it you know that's why we do it I love to compete I love to come out here and, and try and beat everyone else in the field and um, the money is just second nature it, it's a it's a we're very fortunate for, for what we're given and what we play for um, but at the end of the day I want to win and, and winning means so much to us and you see all the emotion guys put into it um, you see, like Max Homa last week, how much emotion he had in winning, um, because this is what we work for. Uh, let's talk about the Max Homa. Uh, he came on last week. It was great talking to him. He was getting talked about because he wasn't wearing red with black <laughs> this weekend. Obviously, it was a big Tiger tribute. And but you had a an incredibly cool speech afterwards where you you thanked him basically. And it was one of those things after realizing his potential passing last week with a incredibly terrible moment where you look back on golf and you think to yourself like Tiger was the guy. I assume he was the guy that not only you looked up to, but almost all golfers at this particular point. 100%. He's the one I, that got me into golf. He's the reason why I wanted to keep getting better, win, win majors, win tournaments. Um, he's everything. And, you know, yes, you know, it, it was tough to get a shirt. Adidas had actually sent a shirt. I got stuck in Memphis. So let's get that. No! It was supposed to come. Supposed to come so I, I had it planned. <laughs> I had a red shirt planned. Um, but, you know, my, my agent told me, you're not wearing a red shirt today, but let's go out and play like Tiger and let's make something really special. So I, I think I really came out there and, and tried to close it off and um, yeah, it was, a, it was a very meaningful win for, for a lot of reasons. Yeah, and I would say, by the way, your dominant performance on a Sunday is very Tiger-like. Have you talked to Tiger? Is there any, uh, like, have you had a chance to befriend Tiger? Is there any information, maybe some knowledge that Tiger has said to you about it? <laughs> has any of that happened? 
you know, I, I haven't talked to him since everything happened. Um, I'm no, 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 I'm just in so. life. I'm talking about in life. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, you never know. You never yeah, know. Right. Is he coming now. back? Is he going to go? Okay, <laughs> yeah. No, but in life, have you ever, have you and him? Yeah, so, yeah, I, I've gotten to know him off the course, which is amazing. Um, I've had just little, I've had days, you know, TaylorMade has these shoots where you spend a day and a half and I've spent a full day with him just talking about golf, talking about everything other than golf. And that's what's so cool is that I, I get to know him as a human being. I, t I get to know him as a person, um, how much he loves sports, how much he's so excited about Charlie, his kid, and, and just his growth and love for the game. Um, so it's been really cool to get to know him because, yeah, I've idolized him my entire life. But to actually know him for a human being, um, that's what means the most to me. Hey, no pressure on you, but a lot of people are saying the same thing about you growing up. So, <laughs> like, you know, no pressure, no pressure at all. I mean, you're in the middle of you're in the middle of it. You see it. I mean, it, it does happen. Uh, whenever we talked to you last time about winning, it was when I think on the 16th hole you drove the green and then putted for eagle or something. And everybody's like, "Oh my God, who is this guy?" And you said that that hole, I think you said shaped your eye well, or your eye liked it, or, or something. Your was this course this yeah. past weekend the same thing, or have you opened that? Has that expanded? since that last win well i think that 16th hole it was just everything if you talk about a perfect shot i'm gonna hit that's the shot i'm hitting this course i still loved i, I thought a lot of the tee shots fit well it was a very ball strikers type golf course you had to hit your irons well um but i just felt comfortable my game felt really good i had reached out to marco mira obviously tiger had or marco mira kind of took tiger under his wing when he turned pro um, and then I reached out to Paul Eisinger for 10 minutes before on, on Monday, I believe. Um, and my game just felt so good. And it was just one of those weeks that if I just put four really good rounds together, I, I knew I was going to be tough, uh, tough to beat. What did they say to you? What did they say to you? Well, I changed my putting grip. I, I think that's been a big thing. What'd yep. you do? What'd you do? You going so I, I normally... I did, the, I did the saw. Mark, Mark O'Meara calls it the saw. Exactly. So your left hand grips it like normal. Grip it like normal, your left hand, and then your yeah, exactly. I had three fingers on top, kind of pointed down, and then my pinky was touching the grip, exactly. You're doing that now, or you did that before? That's what I know. That's what I've done the past two weeks, and I, I love it. Oh, it, is, it was so good. <laughs> oh, Game how wild is it that you go your whole career with a grip? And then yeah, like, did oh. you? Yeah, is this the first time you've changed your putting grip, and have you ever changed your uh, full set so, grip as well? I've never, I've never changed my my swing, and I. I promise you i never will um but putting i've messed around here and there i've never done this and i was very nervous um just about seeing the results but it felt so good and even though i was last in putting in la when max won it felt so good that i knew i was heading down the right path you know sometimes the results might not show immediately but you know you're doing something right and that's what it felt like and i knew just time you know i needed some time and I needed a little more uh, of a bigger sample size. Okay, so let's assume then, I don't know what the odds are this weekend. After this information gets leaked, though, yeah. if you have a hot putter, <laughs> probably going to go down. There's some times where, you know, I'll be in a scramble. And the flat stick will get hot, you know. Mm -hmm. The flat stick will get hot. And the boys, you know, they'll go first to show you the line or whatever. But inevitably, that thing's going down. That's how you feel right now with this new grip, huh? It feels like everything's falling? Yeah. It just feels like I can stroke the putter, and it's it's something I've never felt, which is really weird that I've gone my entire life putting the way I did. Um, but it just freed something up. So now, I, you know, yes, I still have to read the putt. I still have to match my lines and speeds. Um, but just having a little more confidence on putting, you know, it's definitely kind of – I'm working my way there.
so when I was on college game day when they were down at the Masters, which is a month from now, I assume you're already preparing uh, for, you know, Augusta or whatever. I juggled, you know, golf ball, I, I think like 15, 20 times or whatever. Mm-hmm. On it. Can you do that? Can <laughs> Not you, bad. Can you do that? Yes, I, I think every professional <laughs> golfer can do that. I just didn't know. I just didn't know. Okay, I, I didn't know. How about the hit it out of the air thing? Uh, I'm not like great. It's not a hundred percent, but I'm not bad. It's just, I mean, it's just timing, and you know, it's eye hand coordination with that. Whenever you work, do you do any bullshit, or is it just like uh, like to break up the day? Is there ever any like okay? Uh, for like five, ten minutes, let's do happy Gilmore tee offs, okay? Mm-hmm. Just kind of break up the day, or is every day just machined? We got putting in the morning, we got sand work, we got iron work, and then we have drive. Like, what is the day to day of a professional golfer? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's not that structured. I'm not going out there running like happy Gilmore, but you might have fun. Like, you know, I was talking to Victor Hovland, and, and I think over the past few months, he's, he gave himself like three to five minutes to swing as hard as he could and, and just see how hard he could hit the ball. And so I've done that here and there just to see, you know, test your limits. Um, but I like going out and playing. I like playing with some people at the, at the course. I'm a member at the Summit in Vegas. Um, just going out, having some fun. And that's what it's all about when you're uh, on your off weeks. What's the course record out there? Um, I think 61. Yeah. I, I think I had tied it, I oh. believe. I'm not positive on that. Who is it? Um, who is it? Do you know who it is? Well, it's so me and Maverick McNeely. Ma- Maverick, oh, Maverick uh, McNeely is a member out there as well. Mm-hmm. So he, is that a real human right there? 51, Maverick McNeely's a real human? <laughs> yes. <he is. laughs> what a name! <laughs> is that name, the yeah. best name of all time? Morikawa is Pretty incredible. Good. I mean, obviously. <laughs> Maverick McNeely. What is he a yeah. pro? He's another pro? He's a pro. He went to Stanford. Um, he actually tied Tiger's record, I think, him and Patrick Rogers for college mm-hmm. wins at Stanford. But, yeah. Do you ever play with just random? Do you play with like uh, bad golfers, or is that kind of difficult for you? Is that something that you can do, or you can't really play with anybody unless they're like of of a certain score? And do you play speed no, golf? We... <laughs> do you play speed golf? I I don't play speed golf. I mean, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not running on the golf course. Like that's that's not my thing. I'm not trying to. When I'm when I'm on my off weeks, I'm throwing my golf bag on the back of a golf cart, hopping in the golf cart, and driving every single shot I go and hit. Um, but of course I play with bad golfers. Are you kidding me? We, 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 I'm not going to call out certain pro-am players, but we <laughs> do have pro-ams every week where there's golfers that, you know, aren't the best. And it, it's fun for me to get to know who they are. It's fun for them. Um, but yes, they're not the best golfers out there that we're playing with. By the way, I almost chipped in, I think, from 150 or whatever in the Pro-Am I was in. John Daly seen it. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's right. You are due for a Pro-Am. You are due. I was I was at one in Greenbrier, West Virginia. Me and John Daly were a uh, pairing. We had quite a crew following us. Twelve beers I took down. <laughs> Back nine. It was tough. I, I, uh, I no longer drink, so I got to get better at golf, though, to go out there. You know, like, I feel like I that's have to. you re- think, but you, you don't. Yeah, I have to respect the game a little bit, don't you? Because there's humans out there who potentially kill people. You know what I mean? I guess. Yeah. I mean, you'd, you'd probably draw a little crowd in a pro am. Um, but come. come watch a golf ball. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got, Dix? Colin, are you not playing in the Arnie this weekend? Because I just looked to bet on you this weekend, and your name's not on the list. What's that all about? Yeah. No, I, I'm I'm back home in Vegas. Uh, I was going to take a week off, and I, I love that like course. Arnie? I love the tournament. Just. 
four weeks in a row, especially, you know, after what happened last week is just, it's too much. Are you allowed to do that? Do they give you a certain amount of tournaments you don't have to play? Is that like kind of a part of the whole thing or how's that work? We, we can pick our schedule. You know, where, where I sit in the world, in, in, the, in the world rankings, um, I'm able to pick my schedule and play what I want pretty much. And, you know, you, you decide if you want, if I wanted a month and a half off right now, I could take a month and a half off. I would never do that, but 24 it, years it's, old. it's in your choice. <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah. Which one, when are you coming back? Next week? Next week for the players. Yep. Okay. okay. Oh. Now we're ramping up for the Masters, right? Does that mean anything? Does it? Does that? Does that of mean course. anything? It does. Yeah. Of so like you, you are thinking that far out. Yeah. I mean, you know, after winning a major, you kind of. I mean, you, yes, everyone understands how big major championships are. You only get four a year for the rest of your life. Every every year you only get four. Um, so after winning one, I realize like these mean so much and they change your life. So, yeah, of course I'm getting ready for the Masters, but like I we're gonna care win the about Masters. every event. We're going to win the Masters. <laughs> There's a lot that goes into that. There's a lot that goes into that, into that, yes. Is that course one that is good for you, though, or no? <laughs> you know, it's, it's a, it is a bomber's paradise, and, and you see what DJ did. He played amazing golf, but I, I feel like my golf game with, you know, the strength my irons – are, you know, I feel like I can bring it to any golf course. So I, I feel comfortable there. I, I just need to to really dial it in and feel, you know, like I'm ready to win. So you hit the long ball. You're a big long ball guy. We, we no, 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 no. I'm not I'm not the Bryson. I'm not the DJ. I'm not the Rory. I'm, I'm like right in the middle of the pack. I'm not long. I'm not short. Nothing fancy about it. So what, your irons? You're just dialed in on your irons? Is that the thing? Iron, irons are, are my strength. They've been my strength my, my entire life. Which iron to be more specific? Mine, seven iron, if you're asking. Thanks. What is yours? Mine, well, I was, yeah, I was going to ask, of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> my eight iron. I love my eight iron. You put me, you give me a club, you give me a distance with my eight iron um, all day. Okay, so you guys, whenever you're playing the course, course strategy, and I had a golf simulator that worked for, I think, four days. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that thing was trying, and then the computer froze, and then it couldn't catch up, and then I just kind of forgot about it. But it was trying to teach me how I should play it, you know? And this is a classic tin cup layup, the whole thing. But every course mm -hmm. you have to play in a specific manner. What distance are you trying to get to? Wherever your eight iron is, that's where you're trying to get to? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm never trying to get to my eight iron. I'm always trying to get it as far as I can. If I can hit driver, get a shorter club, like it's, it's always more, you know, advantageous to, to get a shorter distance. Um, and some holes, like I'm not going to lay up to eight iron every single hole. Something. I'm just saying if I have an eight iron, I feel a little more comfortable. It's, it's just like, hey, you have a seven iron. You, you think you're going to hit a great shot. I, I still think I'm going to hit a great shot with every club. Well, I'm just saying you changed your putting grip about two weeks ago. Yeah. Maybe we change our entire golf. <laughs> Maybe we try to, I mean, I don't know a lot about a yeah, lot. Not, but... not the time, not the time to do that. Right now. Uh, four weeks till mass. <laughs> yeah. Now is the time. Lock that thing in there. What do you got time? Colin, how difficult was it at the start of quarantine? keeping your game sharp i assume that was like one of the longest stretches you've gone without playing golf and for like an ordinary golfer playing in a simulator is fun but i feel like it's nothing like the real thing like if you weren't playing for a while could you actually like lose it a little bit and look pedestrian out there pedestrian is probably not the right word <laughs> um, i think we'd still be able to play golf would we be at our peak and would we feel confident in a tournament you know, I think there'd still be a little rust, um, but the motivation, like those first three weeks when we didn't know when we were going to play was so tough. You know, I was just sitting there just like wondering, you know, do I go practice? Do I, what do I practice for? Like, yeah, I wanted to get better, but 
if I was going to go grind for three months during quarantine and never know when I'm going to play a tournament again, that that was kind of the tough part. What did you do? Because we talked to um, Aaron Rodgers, a pretty good football player. He he talked about how the quarantine actually helped him take care of his body more, and he felt more healthy with the way the schedule was. It was the first time I think his elbow never hurt or something like that. He felt like he was able to get his body ready for the season better than any previous NFL mandatory uh, events had had him prepared. For you, how did you have to shape that? Did you do anything body-wise? You're, you're a bit young. I don't think you even have to really do much, but was there anything like, okay, let's, let's dial it in with – you know this thing, or is there any? Was there anything you did during the quarantine? Did you change your game at all? No, not really. I, I wanted to maintain my body, and I, I didn't want to lose anything just sitting on a couch. So, you know, I worked with the guys I work with in LA, um, and, and just kind of kept up with a program to really stay in shape and and stay fit. Um, but I love eating too much, so we were eating probably everything in sight. Um, but we were actually fostering dogs. So that's what we did. We actually just got our own dog. Um, a multi-gen. Dude, a hero. I didn't know yeah. you were a hero, dude. What, what's the dog yeah. you just got? Congrats. <laughs> what's up? What was the dog you just got there? We clapped over top of it. You something with um, it? It was a multi-gen. It's called a multi-gen golden doodle. So he's supposed to be up to 15 pounds, but he's a week. Oh no, he's two months old. But we just had him for a week. Oh, what's the we name? Had him for a week. What's the name? Champ. Koa. KOA. I was thinking maybe because you get the dog, you win a championship. Maybe we go ahead and maybe give the dog. What if what if he wins again in two weeks, by the way, and the dog's undefeated? Yeah. Oh, Koa is about to be the greatest golfer of all time, potentially. Might have to change his name to Augusta. <laughs> I would love that. I would love that. Be... Colin, what's today look like? How are you spending the off week here uh, back in Las Vegas? Just chilling, hanging out be, uh, with Koa? Yeah, a couple just... days. I'll probably, I'll probably take one or two more days off and just really relax, decompress, um, and then get right back to it. You know, it's a short, it's a short off week for us. And you talk about our season, you talk about Aaron Rodgers having, you know, an off season. We don't have off seasons. Like it's, it's non-existent. Our, our season is from August to, or our, our season's from September to August. Yeah. that's so there, there is no off season. You see, that's like a Monday to Sunday thing you just mm-hmm. did. Correct. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly Correct. what you did there. Hey, when you golf and you're having fun, any music? You listen to any music? Is it weird? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, what type of music? I kind of play anything. I just whatever I'm feeling for the day. Like you know, I'm not opposed to country on the golf course. I love a little country out there. Um, but whatever I'm feeling for the day, I'll just play it on the speakers on the golf cart. And you know, the Summit Golf. The Summit Club in Vegas, you know, they're they're open to that. They're open to playing music. They're open to coming out in a t-shirt and shorts, having a good time. So that's that's me. I'm I'm in a t-shirt and shorts every day. I'm out there practicing. <laughs> Do you talk to any fans when fans are at the thing, or is you or is it like uh, don't talk to the people type thing? Because this is this is always very interesting to me. For instance, my yeah. profession, I was on the sideline a lot, a lot. I mean, more than everybody. Else. <laughs> I was on the sideline a lot. But fans are right there, okay? And they would say something, ter- even if it was terrible about me. Or good, it was impossible for me, human nature, not to go like, yeah, that's not right what you just said. In golf, there's like this one little li- wire or whatever line, and then it's all completely quiet. It'd be almost awkward. Some- we were standing on a fairway at the Oakmont or whatever, and they had to move it. for. I was less than two feet away from a guy about to do something he does professionally. Not a word was said. He didn't even look at us. He was so dialed in in that entire. Is that how you are during the thing? Is it like laser locked in, and is there any time yeah. to kind of fuck around? No, we're so focused. And, you know, even if family's there, sometimes, you, you, you know, I'll, I'll kind of know where they are, but 
everything people say, you might hear it. It might go in one ear, might come out the next. And that's just, you know, that's just our, our stadium, right? We're, we're stuck in this zone that we're focused on the golf course. That, that's all we care about um, because, it, you know, every shot matters so much. That's our stadium is such a good way to look at it. Mm-hmm. And the stadium just so happens to be a bunch of moving <laughs> moving people around. Yeah, moving people with a beer in their hand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I had yeah. We had a guy dressed up as a penguin actually <laughs> walking around the Oakmont. They were not happy. Uh Colin, congrats on the win. Thank you so much for joining us. Can't wait to find your Twitter account. Man, I cannot <laughs> wait. Colin with two N's. Two L's. Two, two L's. L's Pat. C-O-L-L-I-N. The man, though, might not collect another two L's ever because he fixed his putting stroke. Bet on this guy (laughs) next weekend, ladies and gentlemen, golf champion, Colin Morikawa. Thank you. He's awesome. Yeah. Big fan. That's the face of golf. 24 Mm -hmm. years old. That's absurd. Zito has something. What's that? Uh, We have some news about AJ uh, coming up. I don't know if you want to hear it now. AJ Hawk? Uh, Yeah. Uh, so basically, his uh, computer, he has no Bluetooth at all, so he can't use it. He turned it off, so he can't use his keyboard or mouse. That's what we found out during the interview, and he's coming up in a little bit. Okay, so what does that mean? So he can't call in? Uh, yeah, he can't use his, um, his whole setup as of right now. So he can just call with his phone? Exactly, yeah. So it's a whole... Oh, uh, well, we better get a tour of his house at least. In a third <laughs> yeah. house. If he's able to walk around, I would like to see the family. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see the chandeliers. Mm-hmm. I would like to see what the fifth overall pick in the NFL draft yes. lives like, especially yeah. with all the commercials that he's had. I think he'll do that for us. AJ Hawk seems like a good yeah, guy. Yeah, he's that's a stand-up guy. That's something he would do. Has he said that's what he would do, Zito? Uh, he hasn't said that yet, but I asked him if he had a wireless, like, like just a wired like mouse. He said he hasn't owned one in 20 years. So that's well. To be fair, I did not until this thing was brought into my life. And <laughs> that thing has a USB port, though. I see. I don't know what that means. Still to this day, like wireless. Uh, wireless. That would be wireless, then, right? Uh, yeah, but that one uses a USB. So, like, he uses an actual Bluetooth with no USB connection at all. Okay. Little a little behind the scenes here. There you go. AJ's mouse does not work. His computer does not work. <laughs> So he'll be using his cell phone to walk around for the last hour. That's nice. I'm going to see his house. Mm-hmm. Call him Morikawa, by the way. He had a photo behind him of yeah. himself holding some trophies. Mm-hmm. That dude is going to make hundreds of millions <laughs> of dollars. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm happy he acknowledged. Like, yeah, it's nice to see the money coming in. Like, mm-hmm. it is. Because that it, it's going be, to be a river of money just going to that guy. Yeah. Incredibly intelligent. Mm-hmm. Funny. Yeah. Likeable. Mm-hmm. Happy. Mm-hmm. Handsome. Yeah. Incredible at golf. Pretty good combo. He's currently number four in the world. <laughs> I take the week off. And he We're... just got comfortable putting. Yeah, just found out how to <laughs> yeah. putt. Just learned how to putt. Imagine changing your grip, oh, being awesome. last in the field in putting that week and be like, nah, I'm going to do it another week. No, nah, yeah, listen. People are saying I shouldn't do this, but they don't feel what I'm feeling right now. <laughs> This thing's about to get out. He probably went to his house, put a you know a glass down <laughs> in the kitchen, you know, like you see on the internet, just putting that thing. I'm gonna win. I'm gonna win. <laughs> I might never lose again. Why does the hole look so big? <laughs> that is an awesome feeling. It's sometimes, and I talked about it in the scramble. You get hot yeah. for whatever reason. The hole looks like it's maybe ten balls wide. Mm-hmm. It is a great. It rarely happens, but when it does, oh, what a feeling! Golf is so much more enjoy- enjoyable when those. 10 foot problems are falling with no e- with ease those 15 feet ones are just finding the rim or whatever it's just it is so much more fun and then when you can't putt boy it stinks oh, long golf, day golf <laughs> stinks yeah maybe we need to change our goddamn all right 
Uh, thank you, Colin, for your time. Shout out to AJ next hour. Going to have to do his thing. Right now, what I think we should have to talk about is Kyle Van Noy is not on the Dolphins. Hey, that's a real thing that just happened in the NFL just before we talked mm-hmm. to Colin Morikawa. The, the Kyle Van Noy releasing uh, by the Miami Dolphins is, you know, troublesome if you watch the Dolphins from afar at all because it felt like now 13 games played, six sacks. It felt like Cal Van Noy was a rather large piece culturally just from watching the game. You know, if you watch him celebrate with his teammates, make plays, things on the sideline, then you talk to him obviously in interviews and he talks about what he's tra- what they're trying to build down there. He's proud to be a part of it. Then they release him. There has to be more to the story other than just money. They saved $10 million. I guess he signed for $30 million guaranteed a year ago. He's only one year into a four-year contract. Something had to have happened, right? This doesn't make much sense. Uh, Gumpy, our local resident Dolphins fan, uh, a lot of talked during a break before Morikawa came on saying the Dolphins is the Dolphins and just as things were going you try to get rid of a captain or whatever how do you feel about this as it settled in completely I know Colin Morikawa was was hypnotizing but I assume there were some thoughts about your Dolphins while that conversation was going it feels as if we will be constantly forever spinning our wheels Pat just in the mud yep Never getting anywhere. Fred Flintstone, bare feet in mud, mm-hmm. just kicking the kicking the feet at the two time. years now, building momentum, building momentum, and uh, now. Uh, Cameron Wolf is tweeting: Calvin Noy hasn't been released yet. I'm told, though his time in Miami does appear to be nearing an end. A trade or restructured deal is still on the table as a potential option. Okay, so now oh. Mike Garofalo is reporting that Calvin Noy has been released 20 minutes later, which was 20 minutes ago. Uh, Cameron Wolf, who was being quoted in the Mike Garofalo uh, tweet about his release, says it hasn't happened yet. A trade or a rework of a deal is potential. Uh, go ahead, Diggs. Mike. Garofalo then put out another tweet at 137, and it is a statement from Kyle Van Noy. And Kyle Van Noy said, I am surprised and disappointed in their decision. As a captain, I gave my all to the team. I fought through a painful hip injury during the season, including spending a night in the hospital after a game. I was brought there to be a leader, and I know my teammates looked up to and respected me. I'm looking forward to making an impact on my next team on and off the field. Okay, so it might not be official, but Kyle Van Noy ain't fucking going back to that team. So he is gone. Um. Wow. So he's not restructuring. So that was potentially an end of thing. And by the mm-hmm. way, why would you if you're Kyle Van Noy one year into the contract? It doesn't make much sense at all. I, I am legitimately befuddled about this thing, especially if there's nothing behind the scenes going on. He puts in there, my teammates, you can go. He basically said, you can go ahead and ask him if you would like. Uh, I mean, what a moment here for the Miami Dolphins. This is this is a massive deal. Nick, what do you have? I'll defer to Gump here, but in the original tweet from Cameron Wolf, it, it kind of hinted that the move was to free up and give more playing time to uh, DaVinci. Uh-huh. DaVinci? I mean... DaVinci? What, what DaVinci? They're not, up, they're not up against the cap, though. Like, what else are you going to do with that $10 million that's better than Van Noy? That is my question. Oh, Deshaun Watson. Or Gronkowski. <laughs> Russ. Hey, it's a wild game. That's why whenever you hear players say, I'm trying to get as much money as possible, it's because there's decisions made that are way above players' heads that make absolutely no sense to anybody, including fans. So whenever you see somebody take as much money as possible instead of going somewhere else, remember that it's because shit like this has happened and that's what everybody around them is saying. Remember, they cut Peyton fucking Manning. They cut Kyle Van Noy one year into a $30 million guarantee. Get your cash. Joining us, 
alongside AJ. He's a man who is one of the most physically fit human beings I've ever seen in my entire life. His social media pages are filled up with impressive acts. And I do believe he just got a brand new Corvette, Corvette. <laughs> Los Angeles Chargers running back, ladies and gentlemen, Austin. Yeah! Hey, how's it What's going? What's going on, Pat? Thanks for having me on, man. Hey, thank you. I just got this uh, note here right before you came on. And uh, this is something that's uh, really cool. Congratulations on this. Austin recently launched Gridiron Gaming Group to help other athletes build the infrastructure of their streaming platforms while creating opportunities for streaming crossover, channel development, and brand integration. Let's go, Austin! Changing the game with the old Gridiron Gaming Group. Congratulations on that. I hope it goes swimmingly. Um, what do you do? What do you do? You guys, uh, you build up Twitch channels. Hey, uh, man! Like that's kind of my off-season goal has been to create communities and help build things in the communities to you know just provide resources for people, whether it be um, you know with my foundation or through Gridiron Gaming Group. Um, so Gridiron Gaming Group, my goal behind that because I started streaming on Twitch and had a really great community growth, um, really a lot of just opportunities that came from that, and I was like, you know, other people can do this too. Um, and that's what I set out to do with Gridiron Game Group. So we have a group. I think there's 10 members now. Um, a few athletes uh, ranging from IndyCar driver, football Oh, who, player, who? Who's the w- IndyCar driver? What's that? Who's the IndyCar driver? Connor Daly. Oh, fucking Connor. <laughs> you know, Connor. Oh, I love Connor. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Connor. Connor's with us. He's actually doing an event for us today. Boy, so Connor. shout out to Connor. Yeah, shout out to Connor, dude. <laughs> But yeah, we have a whole bunch of different athletes, and so basically we just come together to grow our communities together and just, you know, take advantage of of our streaming platforms to get across to our our communities and our our brands. That's awesome. Helping out a lot of athletes. Uh, Connor Daly is an electric factory, so uh, I think that is a great signing by you guys. Uh, Let's move on, talk about your offseason. I saw the 405 Challenge. Do we have that video? Can we run that video? Uh, Oh, yeah. Squatting 405 pounds. Let's go ahead and run that thing. All right, guys, we're in California, so we're doing the 405 challenge, back squat 405. The challenge is try to get 10 reps. If you can do more, do more, because it's not for your average lifter. <laughs> get it. I'd say. <laughs> How many do you get? Uh, 13. Okay, that's good. Okay, so you, you so now... I thought a challenge was something that people could do. I feel like I have rather strong legs. I could not step under a bar with four or five. So do you guys just make challenges for like the uh, superhumans out there? I did not know that happens. Hey, you know, there's this, there's this, I don't know, this status based upon my name, like pound for pound strongest in the NFL. And so I, I've, I've been challenging that. I'm trying, I'm trying to put out some content to see if anyone wants to step up to the plate and challenge me. Uh, getting the title so uh, yeah if you can help me throw it out there let's go I want to see some people try it try it let's go someone put us 405 and see how many reps you got I don't know you gotta remember I'm 195 pounds too so uh, you know you're cranking some weight Uh, it's good yeah I want people to start sending in they're gonna be blowing their backs out hey not for your average lifter do not try if you're not a professional very that's yes very smart you're right and nobody can make it look easy like you two just pumping it out like it's absolutely nothing have you always kind of been like this physical freak or is this something that you grew into um it's something that i've grown up with i would say it's become who i am today uh it's become more of a lifestyle now uh that i just love the gym it's kind of like my therapy my little getaway and uh, also helps me play football at the same time but um it's where i've learned a lot of social skills where i learned a lot of just skills how to work hard and that have really you know grown into other aspects of my life and so i hold that dear to my heart because you can't ever forget your roots who um 
I was never in the running for this award, so that's probably why I hadn't heard of it. Heard of it, but there's a pound for pound strongest person in the NFL award. And how? Who else is in conversation with you? Do you know who? I feel like it's the unwritten award. It's not like an actual award. It's just like, yeah, this kid's ridiculously strong. Anybody, um, anybody, who else gets dropped in a conversation alongside? I know you probably. I have never heard anyone else. Oh, like, so I that's why I'm, that. I'm challenging the people. Let's see what we got out here. I uh, I saw we have a Saturday abs session on your Twitch channel. I'm going to follow oh, yeah. along, by the way. Abs are something I've never had. Uh, after seeing you built like a Greek god, I'm going to go for it. But what is the offseason? Working out, getting better. This past season, obviously, you had an injury, so that uh, took you out a few games. But going into next season, the Chargers are building something special. What does the offseason look like for you right now? Yeah, right now, as far as training is, you know, just building back up to, you know, getting the peak performance so we can hit the season again. But I've got some off-the-field stuff, too. I have the Austin Eckler Foundation where uh, I have my first project up in Santa Barbara High School. I'm building them a gym so they can become some beasts and do the 405 Challenge. And so that's <laughs> the first project going through my foundation, looking for the next project in Inglewood as well. And so just trying to really build communities, trying to get myself out there and just help out uh, where I can. But also, you know, keeping in mind, you know, I got a job to do, so... Uh, never forgetting to work out and grind with the boys and get ready for the season. Looking forward to it. We got a lot of new things coming in. No, no telling what it's going to turn out for us. We got a lot of hard work in front of us with the new coaching staff, but in our quarterback coming off the rookie of the year season. So it's, it's a lot of excitement and we just got to put it together. The Pepsi zero sugar rookie. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Let me get that right. Have you been able to speak uh, to your your new coaching staff at all? Like, what's the deal? Do you are the, what are the rules right now? Right. So if you go in the facility, you have to make sure you get COVID tested. So it's still kind of the same as during the season. Um, and I went in there and spoke to him uh, last week, just kind of just establishing myself as far as just introducing who I am, what I'm about, what I'm going to bring to the table. I told him, hey man, like coming here, I just expect them to set the standard. You know, you gotta you gotta have that open conversation when you're coming into a, a, a business relationship like this and what you're expecting. You know, what you're going to bring. Uh, I'm definitely listening to what they have to say. But I'm like, look, come in here, set the standard with us because we're ready to go. We got the pieces to get some stuff done. All we need is something that we can buy into. Um, and they were all about it. They're ready, ready to go, excited. Talk to Coach Staley. He's all about creating the relationship, you know, creating that business mind. And as far as that, just the journey that we can all go into and all buy into. Because if you have too many individuals that are doing their own thing, you kind of get some spotty and inconsistency. And so we're trying to fix that, right? Last year, we were pretty inconsistent. We had a lot of players, a lot of injuries. And so now we're trying to find the chemistry, find the formula to put a, a consistent uh, product on the field. How do you do that? You just kind of build? I mean, this past season, young team, you weren't even allowed to eat food together. I mean, what, how do you <laughs> – I would assume that being around each other will help, but is it just experience? What do you think? It comes down to a lot of different factors. Um, I mean, it comes down to relationship. It comes down to how your coaches you know, set a standard and hold you to it. Um, it comes down to players, you know, players, everything starts at the individual level as far as your commitment to, you know, the greater good, which is the team for the Chargers um, in our business sense. And so are we actually bought into that or are we bought into ourselves? And it's something that everyone has to ask themselves. And, you know, it can make it easier if you have a coach, if you have people around you that, you know, you respect, you know them, you know, you are really behind what they're saying. And so that's where you have to build that chemistry. And that's why the chemistry is so important. Because if I don't agree with a coach, say it's my head coach or it's my position coach, it doesn't matter. We still have to work together. But now my motivation might be a little bit different. 
um, and it might just have some effect, which, I mean, there's no way to tell how to build chemistry. You know, that's why all 32 teams are always grinding, changing rosters, players to try to find that formula. There's a few teams that have done it, and so everyone's trying to chase it. And I feel like we've been a good team, but good teams in the NFL, but you're going to go, you know, 7-9, 8-8, and 9-7. Eight and eight, nine and seven. You're going to miss barely miss the playoffs. But you got, you got to be great. Like you saw, we went seven and nine. Everyone got fired from our coaching staff, you know. And so, like, you can't be good. They're, they're, we get paid a lot of money to go out here and make plays and be great. So, we're searching for it. I'm, I can't tell you what the formula is. I can tell you that hey, I'm going to bring my passion. I'm going to bring my juice. I'm going to bring my energy. I'm going to try to be contagious because I know I'm bought in, um, just as far as my mindset, and my mentality in life, um, and in football as general. Yeah, you're gonna- so I'm going to try to bring these young guys with me and try to establish something. Yeah, you're gonna bring those abs too, which is something. <laughs> hey, the abs are coming. That's hey, a bonus. As soon as you see them, you know you gotta you gotta buy in. And I assume that you talked about there's 17 games next year too. By the way, so. Uh, oh, thanks for reminding me. Yeah, the record. Yeah, yeah, no more buys. By the way, that's the whole thing. But um, oh, no. I, I wanted to ask. We talked about this on our show, and I don't want you to say anything bad about Coach Anthony Lynn. I, from what I've been told, everybody liked him as a person. There was a report that you guys were basically told that you were out of playoff contention before you were actually out of playoff contention by the head coach of your team. Did that happen? And as soon as he said, like, hey, we're probably not going to make playoffs this year, even though there's a chance, did everybody go like, well, okay, well, that, I mean, that's not true. We could still make the playoffs, but that's an interesting message. Or did that never happen and we were told lies? Hey, one thing about Coach Lynn, he keeps it real. (laughs) He keeps it real, 100%. He's going to tell you what it is. And... He, I don't ever think he told us that we were out. He might have told us that we, yeah, our chance is very slim. But he was always like, hey, if if we got a chance, I mean, regardless if we have a chance or not, we're still going out there to try to play the best football we can. Okay. And he would tell us like, hey, we're you know we're a couple games out, you know, hey, we still got a chance, or we hey we have no chance, we're playing for our pride now and the name on our back. Um, you know, he w- he was straight up with you. That's one thing about Aylin is he's direct. Um, he's definitely got the business mindset as far as football. And he's going to tell you like it is. But no, there was never there was never any kind of conversation that I remember even having as far as, oh, actually, we can still make it. Um, yeah. Nick. Austin, when did you know that Justin Herbert was going to be a guy? When was the first moment it kind of clicked for you? Uh, I think you could always tell in like OTA or not OTA's training camp um, just that he had the skill set, just some of the throws that he would make, um, just the raw talent. You could see it in camp. But you didn't really know how it was going to translate because there was no preseason games and there was no like real like people actually coming to sack you moments. And so it was kind of some uncertainty, but it was like you just watch him in camp run around, which was new for all of us because we had Philip in there who would just be like dumping it down <laughs> to me. Now he's out here. We had Tyrod too, so this was also new. So you know, Both of our quarterbacks were running all over the place like, oh, this is kind of cool. Um but um, with Herbert, he would just he would just do things. It's like you look like a veteran quarterback out there, and I'm talking about like athletically. And then just the throws he made, the decisions. And then as he got into the real game, you know, the first game, he just went out there and did his thing. It looked like just like in practice. And it's like, hey, if you can carry what you do in practice over the game, like you're going to have success. And he ended up doing that. He ended up growing throughout the season. It was kind of cool for me because I well not cool, but it was just easy for me to see his development because I played three games, blew up my hamstring, came back. You know, eight weeks later, and the the difference between him in the beginning and him when I came back was like night and day, just as far as how he was running the offense, how he was changing audibles, checking the protection. You know, things that you it takes time to get used to, especially when you don't have preseason. And so I came back and I was like, oh, this kid gets it, man. This kid's smart, and now he's out there making plays. He's taking care of the ball better than he was in the beginning of the year. And so you could see him starting to develop into a special guy. And he's always worked hard. That's what I love about him. He's he's a quarterback. Him and Tyrod, both of them, or guys, two quarterbacks that. I've only been around that actually lift, 
Like they actually go in and lift weights. I'm just like, I like this guy, you know? Hey, what, what's Justin like uh, in the huddle? And like you said, from when he first got thrust into the lineup, obviously with Tyrod, an unfortunate situation, to later in the year, he, he comes across as kind of a laid-back dude. He's been on the show a few times. He's always awesome. What's he like, I guess, inside the huddle? He's that same personality, man. When he first went out there, it was funny because Hunter Henry's like, what are you doing out here? You know, and that's the first thing Hunter told him when he got in the huddle. Like, what are you doing? Hey, weird scene. It's a game. It's a game. Get out of here. Right? And so he, he was a little timid at first just because, I mean, who wouldn't be? You know, he just got thrown in. He didn't, he didn't even know he was going to be playing that game. Um, and so it took him a while to get build his confidence, I think, as far as, like, leading the huddle. Like, he was, like, very direct. Like, plays, calls were simple. Um, but as you know, like I came back after my injury, um, you know, he, he he built chemistry, you know, he'd been around us now. And so now he's more comfortable, built really good chemistry with, you know, the position groups. And so it was out there. We were all out there together. Even from the very beginning, we were supporting him because we knew, hey, he's a young guy. We got to help him out. We got a lot of veteran guys out here that have been here. So we're going to do the best we can to make it easy for him. So he messed up a play, but we, we, already, we know what the play is. We've been doing this for, you know, years. Um, we'd help him out and just made it comfortable, as comfortable for him as we could. And then he was really able just to excel, just because he's a super smart kid. Um, dude had like a 4.0 all the way up through through college, and you could definitely see because <laughs> he catches on, bam, like that. Hey, are you going to do any cool box jumps this offseason? You going to do anything cool? I, need to get I on just that, saw huh? I just saw Miles um, Garrett. I think there was sixty four inches or something like that. That's crazy. Hey, pound for pound. Oh, hey. oh, there you Five go. Oh, hey, pound for pound. Uh oh, hey. Austin. Hey, that, that see here's the thing. Pound for pound, that is three hundred pounds. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Six you know? four two seventy. So I'm, I'm saying like, <laughs> it just came out. The fact that, well, the fact that he can jump that high at three hundred pounds is insane. That's incredible. Incredible. Well, that sure sounded like you. You said though, but I mean, if I was three hundred pounds, I'd probably be able to do. But do you do a backflip? <laughs> no, I'm, no, that's no. The dude is actually a freak. Uh, I, I had uh, his trainer from Texas A&M at. At my at the Chargers, my first year, oh, he just tell me stories about that dude, just like doing skull crushers with two twenty five. Sheesh! So you you for your entire life will probably be a guy who goes into a gym and just does like forever, like The Rock, for instance. Right now, <laughs> he's telling me about his calluses just last yeah. night, two a.m. You know, no deed undone, especially with Zoa launching yesterday. Mm-hmm. That's going to be you forever, though. Like you're going to be the guy that is. It's, it's a lifestyle, man. It's a lifestyle. That's where I find my peace, my like happy place. Is where I start out my day. So yeah, for sure. What music you play? Like I hate everybody music in there, or is it like super feel good? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. I was I was listening to Three Days Grace today. I actually, just, literally just got done working out in my backyard right before I jumped on this. What are you doing in your backyard? Just throwing tires around? Or? <laughs> no, I got a rack back there. I was hitting some squats, hitting some bench. Just a little full body action. Do we do the 405 challenge today, or that's one time only for the gram? Uh, no, I mean, that's just one time. I usually go up heavier than that. Oh, oh that's oh, yeah. down there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I enjoy that. I appreciate you for joining us, man. I can't wait to watch your uh, physical exploits this offseason. Heck yeah, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, hopefully you give me some abs on Saturdays at your Twitch. Hey, tune in, man. You got it, Austin Eckler. Thank you. Hey, so sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that uh, this particular part of the show is brought to you once again by Burrow. If you haven't heard of them by now, you must not have been listening. They're the furniture company built from the ground up to get rid of everything that annoys you about furniture shopping. Like the sound of that. Well, back when Burrow started sponsoring the show, they sold a single modular sofa system. But since then, they've grown to take care of your entire living room. I remember back when Burrow started. Mm Mm-hmm. 
we read some ads for Burrow back in the days before we were on Sirius Every Day. It was before we were fully committed to YouTube. It was yep. back whenever we were just a content creation company, and Burrow was a single modular sofa system seller. Yeah, they sent it to us. It had the uh, the USBs in the uh, cushions. That was the, the big selling point. At the Easy time. to put together, very comfortable. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember that. It is no coincidence that they've had massive success. Absolutely. They have a new range collection. Bur Burrow launched their second modular system back in November. It's super comfortable with wider seats and deeper cushions than their Nomad collection, but features the same durable materials and simple assemblies. That, that's what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Credenzas. They have two new credenzas. I need one of those. That are perfect for your TV station with adjustable height interior shelves, cord organizing holes at each corner, and customizable designs. Whenever we talked about the USB thing in there and easy to put together, they're trying to make furniture shopping not only comfortable and easy, but also innovative. Like, yeah. how do we make things better? How do we mm -hmm. make life easier for people? Shout out to Burrow for doing that. They also have coffee and side tables. They have fast, free shipping on every single order. As always, every order from Burrow, no matter how small or large, includes fast, free shipping, which can save you an average of $100 on uh, bigger items like catch. Wow. Burrow loves the show. They've been around for a long time. I'm thankful that they're successful, and I'm thankful they're back. I'm excited to be chatting about their growth. Mm -hmm. Can't wait to share everything that they've been working on. Uh, show them you're listening to this show. Okay. That's an interesting way there. Show them. Hey, go ahead and show them you're listening. <laughs> If you need furniture, go to burrow.com slash McAfee. That's B-U-R-R-O-W.com slash M-C-A-F-E-E and get $75 off your first order. That's burrow.com slash McAfee for $75 off plus the free shipping. Huh? Here we go. Shout out to Burrow. Shout out to you. Let's go ahead and do this thing. If you're looking for new furniture, shout out Burrow. Let's get back to the show. Jesus. I've been saying February all day. Have you? Oh, thanks. Have you? I think so. Haven't I, Jay? I do believe I have. I didn't. I this is the part of the show, it. by the way. Nobody's caught it. This is the part of the show, by the way, that that Bill potentially listened to and wrote his article about. Oh, yeah. Could he be. didn't even know the goddamn thing. <laughs> no respect to calendars. Disrespect to the calendar. That would be. Sorry, the fucking calendar. <laughs> it is Tuesday, March 2nd, 2021. Welcome back. Gumpy's here. Ty's here. Uh, the COVID cowboy officially is here, even though... In a weird series of events back. this morning, I don't even think Diggs knew that he. <laughs> I can see while, he was, while he was <laughs> talking, he basically said, "No, Lyle, you keep the name." No, no, I said this town's big enough for the both of us. Yeah, but that's what we're saying is, he basically said, "I don't want it anymore." Lyle, love it, bow down it's a to game you. Game of respect. Oh, oh, so you're saying just like he said, "Swipey, no swipeys." What you're saying is, whenever you extend a hand. You shake it and you say, let's real, make a deal. Real cowboys will respect them. <laughs> <laughs> Neither COVID nor cowboys have ever said this town is big enough for the both of us. Oh, cowboys. Cowboys. Actually, COVID has actually affected a lot of people. It was big enough for a lot of people. It was too big, some would say. <laughs> some would say <laughs> old Uncle COVID was old too big. Yeah. Uh, by the way, are we out of that now? What's the deal? Well, that's. I mean, no, but. Fifty percent, you know, in the coming weekend. So it certainly seems to be going back. And Florida's open. Florida's okay, I, right. Florida is wide open. I got a great tan down there. Went to some restaurants. Okay, went to an arcade at one point. I mean, there was places were open everywhere. Now everybody had a mask on. 
I will say, because you were forced to have mm-hmm. a mask on while you're in transport or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then when you get to where you go, you can go ahead and take it down. Uh, Diggs had a great tweet about what it is like. It really is like you have an uh, entire mass. And as soon as you open, it's just like, ah, like you can do whatever you want. And they have tables next to each other. Florida's like that. Okay. Indianapolis is not like that at all around here. Okay. Things weren't able to be open. The NCAA is coming to town. The March Madness is coming to town. Uh, and they have 25% capacity for in the arenas. Both the arenas are everywhere. It's not just downtown here. There's also one in Bloomington, which is an hour and a half drive. I don't know if the teams know that uh, that are playing in Bloomington or yeah. In Lafayette, that's a that's a two hour haul up there, an hour and a half to two hour haul mm-hmm. there. I wonder if the teams know that during Butler and everything like that. But since there's fans being allowed in these places, uh, downtown Indianapolis was like, okay, is there any way we could potentially come back to life? And the mayor, who has done a fantastic job, oh, yeah. Yeah, man. just a fan. Oh, yeah. I assume he would not win another mayoral race. <laughs> no. I, I assume there's a lot of cities' mayors that are not going to. Not my mayor. Feels as if a lot of mayors are are probably going to go on, on their way on out. their way out or whatever. You know, feels like that is the overall narrative. But who knows how this could have been handled differently? But the way it was currently handled, uh, the entire city of Indianapolis basically went to shit. I mean, I mean, there yeah. was they they buried a lot of industries obviously through this entire thing out of necessary precaution. But then, as other states started doing things, nobody else really did. And I think we're not the only place that did that, but a bunch of places did that. Now Indianapolis sees the twenty five percent fans. It's like, okay, can we open back up? And I do believe the petitioning by the uh, uh, local store, shop, restaurant, bar owners uh, that have been knocking for a long time asking if they can open the doors back up. Uh, they up to 50% capacity, 2 a.m. You can turn off everything or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're basically reopening the city and not as big as it once was, but that's because only 25% of the people are coming anyways. Is that happening everywhere? Is that happening everywhere? Is the world coming to? Because I saw people in what? New York Knicks games over there. Yeah, yeah. New York. Fans, yeah. yeah, so. PA just opened up fans. Okay, did we? Are we? Are we? Did we? Has anybody seen did the counter? Did we counter? beat COVID? Are we on the other side of this thing? Did we beat the COVID society like massive leg drop that came through? Did we do it? Are we on the other side of that thing? Well, Johnson and Johnson coming through. Well, and then the other company too. There's other mm-hmm. companies. Are, are we on the other side of this thing? I don't know. This is a real question. But if we are, I think we should at least say, "Hey, good for fucking us. Good for us. Good for everybody. Huh? Are live events coming back? Are people going outside and seeing people? Are things being purchased and bought? Are people living again? Is this happening again? I don't Everywhere? want to get too wild, but I did see a article from Fotch uh, a week or so ago that it may be potentially okay to start hugging family members. No! We're back, baby! We can hug family members again? Potentially. Potentially. If Only if everyone's been vaccinated, Pat. Okay. All right. Thank you, Fouch. <laughs> Always on the phone somehow back here. <laughs> Fouch, by the way, now I talked about this before, okay? And just because we're in this conversation, and some people might see this that uh, haven't seen us before. I very much, and this is going to sound like a cliche, but I have my blinders on, okay? I stay in one world, and people realize, I think, that I have a lot more fun in this because I just stay in my own little world there. Fatch made his way into my world, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and he was in my world, does not involve that type of stuff. It's like, hey, let's sports, let's have a good time, let's keep it moving, let's go ahead, how we doing, keep it moving. That's literally my entire life. Fouch made in there, he took over. Hey, Fouch was, Fouch was maybe the most notable human on planet Earth. Then he kind of... Kind of disappeared a little bit, mm-hmm. for a little bit. 
what a fucking everybody thought he was a one-hit wonder especially after the years and years and decades that he had been missing or whatever right because he did uh he was also a part of uh the previous pandemic AIDS, so, i think was yeah, his big it, one and, right? then, and then he comes out with mm-hmm. this uh coronavirus he's out here he's gone now he's back writing things saying we can hug again big comeback for fouch but also big comeback for people i think mm-hmm. at this point pat it's my legacy to make sure that on my dying day everyone knows that i brought back hugging from a pandemic <laughs> you know what about the super bowl and parties and uh thanksgiving and hey Christmas. you got a super bowl down in tampa at what 25 percent capacity that's better than zero <laughs> that definitely is better than zero Fouch. <laughs> thanks for all your way hey, by the way he won, won an award to pay him a million dollars. yeah by the way world you're welcome uh no thank you thank you you don't even have to say you're welcome Fouch. <laughs> uh, is aj joining us or is his computer still? he's close he's getting there this is unbelievable what does that mean yeah and, what you said his uh, mouse he was com- broke he had to run to comp usa buy a new fucking mouse he had to get a new keyboard you gotta remember he doesn't his, have a touchpad no, on you, gotta, computer? you gotta remember his driveway no these computers do not but actually this one does have a touchpad uh, this one does not oh he's got a dell no i don't know if he has, I, I assume he doesn't have a dell but what i'm saying is his driveway is three to four miles long Correct. so for him to get the time he has to get to the road to get to town. That is four miles away from his villa that he lives in True. in Ohio. And who knows where town is. If he is leaving his house to go get something, we are not going to have A.J. Hawk on no, the show. No. He's got four or five security gates that he's got to get to and say hi to every single security officer and all of his gates and his protection. Yeah, I mean, that's what you're, by the way, that's what you're working for. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's what you're working for is to try to get to that point. Now, he did he FaceTime it? Ladies and yeah. gentlemen, joining us now. I don't know if he's at the estate or the store. Super Bowl champion, A.J. Hawk. Okay. Oh, oh, oh you're it. right back. Yeah, I, I threw this thing together like a Zito production, so here I am. It looks no different. What are you using? You actually look better. Yeah, I, I don't know what, what your previous setup was, but you look better right now. How'd you do it? No, this is my previous setup. So, yeah, I had a bunch of Bluetooth issues, got Bluetooth turned off, can't connect them because your keyboard and your mouse are Bluetooth. Oh, cool. I can't do anything. Can't even get on the computer. So I figured it out. Did you have to change the batteries? Normally, you just got to change the batteries. No, I turned Bluetooth off with my Bluetooth mouse on my computer accidentally, and then you just can't. Then how do I, how do I get back to it? Think about it. How do I you change the language on the phone? <laughs> <laughs> So, I was so mad. Like I've been so mad the last like, 25 minutes running around my house. So this is on an actual computer because you don't have just one of these like little uh, screen- no no yeah now I'm on now I'm on my normal setup like but I, yeah I had to find a wired mouse somewhere back in our storage room and then that got me there then my keyboard's not connected and you can't connect your keyboard and, yeah but I made it happen man somehow hey you know what it paid off look at you. Now, all your hard work has paid off. Look, you've gotten on here. You look better than ever. The show's going fantastic. Nobody even knows that that would have happened if we didn't talk about it. That's how good you were. And everything paid off. Another guy went to work, you know, uh, played his ass off. Uh, You might have did something there with the Bluetooth there. Uh, But played his ass off, has done nothing but buy in. And he gets cut one year into a $30 million guarantee down there in Miami. Kyle Van Noy out of the Miami Dolphins. Have you heard this? Did you know this? While, while you were searching for a mouse that had a wire on it, <laughs> Kyle Van Noy's been cut from the Miami Dolphins. Is that not shocking, insane, and not expected at all, which I guess is the exact same as shocking? <laughs> I mean, it, it is shocking to me. I mean, this is the first I am hearing of it. I've, as I told you, I've been kind of uh, off the grid the last hour. But so 
How many years was he into one year? One, how many years was the deal? Four total? year deal, $30 million uh, in guarantees, one year in, six sacks, 13 games. In his statement through Mike Garofolo, I am surprised and disappointed in their decision as a captain. I gave my all to the team. I fought through a painful hip injury during the season, including spending a night in the hospital after a hard fought game for the Miami Dolphins. I was brought there to be a leader, and I know my. My teammates looked up to and respected me. I'm looking forward to making an impact on my next team on and off the field. Cal Van Noy is now a free agent from what it sounds like, even though another report said uh, that they're looking to trade or restructure. After he puts that statement out, nobody's going to trade anything. They'll wait for him to get into free agency. This is wild. This is shocking. And this is why players have to take as much money as possible whenever they can get it, because these situations are alarming for everybody. Well, if there was ever a player that felt safe in their position, I feel like from an outsider looking in, it was Kyle Van Noy. I agree. He's Flores' guy. He had a good year. He's a leader. He seems to kind of be like a one of their rocks on that team that everyone looks to. But, yeah, it just this one's weird to me. It doesn't make sense. Why would – maybe the team was trying to trade him. Did he put it out? Did he mess up their possible trade candidates? No, and what I'm thinking is potentially there's something behind the scenes, right? Is there potentially something happening behind the scenes? I guess if they get him off the books, they save $10 million, which – Okay, I get $10 million is great or whatever, but are you going to use that $10 million to replace Cal Van Noy? I mean, unless they go get Gronk, which is what Rob Ninkovich uh, said was potentially going to happen, or Deshaun Watson is coming mm-hmm. in there. I don't know. That makes it makes, and by the way, Dolphins fan here, Gumpy, he has been distraught the last 45 minutes or so. Well, you think about the Tua Fitzmagic thing when they named Tua starter, it got released before the team did, and now this too. Oh, what's going on, Don? Yeah. It's a shit you know, ever since they lost, they ever, since, ever since they lost Snowflake, you yeah. remember? Yeah. They just yeah. let fucking Snowflake get stolen mm-hmm. right underneath them, right underneath their noses. Snowflake gets in there, Jack, how you doing? Please, we need an ace. You got it. All right. <laughs> Go forward. That franchise, what are they doing? Same old Dolphins. Well, you could get something. You could get a lot for a, for Kyle Van Noy in a trade, I feel like. He's not like someone that's untradeable. You could definitely get some value. Going back to what you were just saying, it kind of just hit me. You were thinking that they were potentially telling him that he might be trading. He's like, nah, 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 nah. Let me pick where I want to go at least. I have a Bentley with a drop top right now down in Miami. <laughs> I am not going somewhere. You're thinking that potentially is how this whole thing played out. I don't I don't know if it – But that could that be – it's pot that's definitely a possibility to where yeah if they said hey we yeah we are shopping you and you could kind of throw a big wrench in there couldn't you like oh no here we go let's put this out and now i get to choose where i go yeah by the way you're not trading me okay (laughs) i was cut they cut me what what are you gonna do now hey it's already out there mike garofolo he said it no we'll have cameron wolf say that it's not official okay we'll see if that plays out i'll give a fucking statement that i just got (laughs) that would be if that is what happened by the way which we are not saying it is what happened okay not saying at all we have to live in these fantasies of bullshit because that's what this world is filled with we had no idea kyle Van Noy was potentially getting cut this morning. There's reports on the NFL all day, every day. This was never thought of. This is a wild time right now. What's that? Time? When do you think he would have been privy about this? Because it, like the one of the first tweets did say like, oh, it's maybe expected. But it like last time we talked to him and everything, like you like you said, like this is a complete shock. Like, do you think this just happened like today or yesterday, where the wheels really started moving on this? What happened? You think he had a Twitch stream? Like, what what happened? I don't know. Yeah, because they would, you would think they want to trade him. If they wanted him off the team, yeah, let's get something for him. He's still young enough. He still is productive. He's, he's a great leader. I guess the natural progression now is 
All right, did you go back and sign with Big Bill and the uh, Patriots? Oh. Uh, Cameron Wolf has responded. I'm told a pay cut was discussed with Kyle Van Noy, who is prepared to move on. Trade options still being explored, but release coming if none found. His tenure in Miami was short-lived. More cap space for Dolphins to use in free agency. A good draft for versatile linebackers, too. Okay, we'll just draft a replacement for this guy. That person will be a leader in the locker room. Okay, that person's been mm-hmm. around. That person's won before. That person will be able to make, potentially guide people whenever coaches can't talk to them and maybe make them better at football or whatever. Um, yeah, get him fuck out. We can draft one of them for sure. They played with Flores. I mean, all the guys in the draft, all the free agents have been with Flores in their career, led the team last year. I mean, it's it's absolutely brilliant, Pat. That's, it's fucking brilliant. That's Dolphins Van Gumpy weighing in on the entire thing. Well, hey, what's that? Hey, what's he? He's, hey, this dude's really fucked up. Distraught. Right now. I want to let you know, really mm-hmm. fucked. The thought was like, hey, Deshaun Watson's potentially coming. Mm-hmm. Kyle Van Noy, we're loading up that defense. Gumpy, and I assume a lot of Dolphins diehards, which. We know that the amount probably... They're a fickle bunch. Yeah, the amount probably not as big as maybe other places, but for good reason, because there's a lot of other things in Miami to do, and the team hasn't been great for... Gumpy was living in, like, real-life fantasies there for a while. This is... It seems like it has... This is the house of cards, maybe, that just can crash it all down, this move. Same old Dolphins. That's all it is. They're just... They're never going to get any better. Whenever you think they will, and they can, they just go backwards for no reason. For ten million dollars, like what are you gonna do with that? Made this move, Tannenbaum. So. <laughs> hey, was I was I unaware? Was Van Noy one of those guys that was on the list as a, of a, as like a potential cap casualty? Because I don't remember seeing him anywhere. But cap casualties were talked about. We talked about this at length whenever the future salary cap was brought into the forefront of conversation. Right? Everybody's saying it was going to go down, and as soon as it came down, I think our show maybe covered it the most. It was like, hey, that's a big deal if it's going to go down. There's going to be people that get cut. Then more conversations started getting leaked out later and said, it will plateau. They agreed it will not go down. And it was like, okay, then it said it might go up a little bit. And Ian Rappaport said if it goes up to 181, uh, which would still be a growth somehow with no fans basically in any stands. Who knows how that happens with the revenue of the NFL, I guess because it's just a money printing process. Ian Rapport said there will still be one or two vets that get cut because of that. I don't know if Cal Van Noy is necessarily a guy that we – normally it's like year three or year yeah. four of a four-year contract. You think about that. After one year? I don't know. I do not know. I like the fact that he put out in his statement, though, like, hey, I was actually really hurt this year, too, for your teams that are potentially thinking, like, I was in a goddamn hospital one night. Let's go ahead and have a little faith here. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see, I guess, what kind of interest he gets from other teams. And if it seems to be really difficult now to trade the guy. You would think to just yeah. let him, hey, let's just hit, let's wait this one out and we try to get him if we can. I like, I really like the thought of, hey, we're wondering, you know, one year ago we signed a deal. And uh, what we're thinking was you just, you know, take a pretty big pay cut. What do you think? No. Okay. Well, we're going to have to trade you then, Kyle. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mike Garofolo. <laughs> they just released me. Yeah, it's over. Oh, yeah. You guys aren't going to be able to trade me. That's right. Have a good one. Yeah. By the way, I'll good take, luck. I'll take all that guaranteed money now. Thank you. Hey, good luck. See you. Have a good one. What if Kyle Van Noy was that much of a savage in there? He would be. That would be awesome if he was just – remember, he he has done business with Belichick before. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. That would be so awesome if he did that. Oh, my God. That'd be hey, whose decision? Like, whose decision do you think this was? Well, you know, a true alpha knows when to concede for the betterment of the team. So <laughs> That's right. Whoever. <laughs> 
He's on the show tomorrow, by the way. Motor City Dan Campbell. Yeah! It's going to be amazing. What time's he on? 1225. Ah, AJ, you won't be on Motor City Dan. Who, uh, but we have another Matt. He's not on anymore? No, he still is, but not in AJ's hour. Oh, AJ, you don't get chance to talk to Oh, no. It's all right. I can can watch as a fan. I like that more. Why? Because then you can judge later with text messages? Yeah. No, I don't judge. (laughs) I can can enjoy it and, you know, not try to jam myself in there. Hey, you weren't in there last night, by the way. What's that all about? Did you play? Yeah, yeah, I played Gumpy. Gumpy has uh, last... You would have thought last night was the worst news he would have uh, faced. (laughs) (laughs) And then all of a sudden the Dolphins decided to bury the fucking guy all of a sudden. You know what I mean? Bit of a schneid right now. (laughs) We have to go. go. I was in there, though. I was in there. I I was in there. I, I didn't make it. I, I saw I missed a FaceTime from you at some point last night, but I didn't uh, I didn't turn it on. By the way, what you would have seen is me lifting up the thing. Where are you? That's where it would have been. Okay. I like the thought of you having, like, children, you know? <laughs> and, and you answering and them seeing your phone and me popping with my virtual reality thing. Where are you? <laughs> and I go to bed. Okay, I go to bed. All right, sorry, Uncle Pat over here. He's in his yeah. little virtual reality. Pretty much... That's it, but my kids will be really mad. They'd be like, no, Dad, we can stay up later and we'll watch you play. Like, if I would have answered something. I got a morning routine, guys. Okay. It's starting to happen. Pretty cool. I like that. All the great ones do, Pat. All the great ones have, like, their morning routine. I know your guy, Jab, Jab, Right Hook, or whatever, he has a great one. <laughs> Can't thank you enough for listening to this show. Uh, obviously we got a big one tomorrow huge show tomorrow be a friend tell a friend all right we got a big wednesday coming can't thank you enough for listening today ty if you could please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful tuesday that'd be fantastic because tomorrow is a big one hell yeah hell yeah